working through it. That's all we're going to talk about today, working through it. Uh, but really this next five weeks or so is going to be about learning how to live the crucified life. We've talked about on the last a few weeks at our church that we have two natures, an old man, a new man, a spirit man, a flesh man. But now how do you live that out? How do you walk through the abundant life? How do you live the Christian life uh, and live life abundant that God has promised for you? To live, uh, you know, and I titled it "Working Through It" because uh, we've all had to work through something. Some of us have had to work through to keep a marriage, right? Some of us have had to work through maybe getting over a divorce. You've had to work through seasons in your life of disappointment. Some of you today are working through a season or situation in your life. You're working through it, but you know, the Christian life is something to be worked out as well. There should be a working always happening uh, in the Christian life. And how do you do that? How do you work out the Christian life? And how is your life working? Maybe today you'd be honest and say, well, right now my life isn't working. It's really not working. And we've all been there too. So how do we work through it? Christ has promised you the abundant life the victorious life, a life filled with heavenly peace and joy in every situation, like we just sang and said, a life that's full of spiritual fruit and produce. But how does the Christian life work? How does it work, and how do we live the life Christ died to give us? Well, out there, outside of our fellowship hall, is a soda machine. I want to kind of give you some illustration. You know, we got kids in the room today, so maybe that'll help us a little bit. But uh, if you, you've been to a soda machine before, many of you maybe have not been inside of one and seen it. But we kind of get the idea. You put the money in, you push the button, and something comes out. Well, the Christian life, sometimes we think, is like that. Jesus makes a deposit in us. He puts His love in us. We push a button, and boom, I'm a good Christian. How many know that's not true? There's a lot more to it than that. Because on the inside of that soda machine, there's electronics. There's a button you push, which sends a little electrode through a wire to another little lever, to another little lever, to a microchip. And if now they're so automated, it's like a claw, like an AI is giving you your soda now. But there's all kinds of levers and mechanisms that happen and move and have to be in working order before that soda comes out the other end, right? So there's a process of working through to get you the blessing. When Jesus makes a deposit in your life of His love, for that love to come out of your life into your life and into other people, because I hope you share, right? It, there is a working. There has to be a working through that happens. And that is what we're going to talk about today and for the next few weeks. The Christian life has a free gift that's given in Christ, but you don't simply receive it and just produce good fruit. There's, the, there's something between the deposit and the blessing, and that is the internal working of the Holy Spirit. How many know that to be true? Somebody say amen. There's an internal working of the Holy Spirit between the deposit and the blessing. So is that working in you? Is there a working? Is your life working? Is there work being done on the inside of you? And let me just be honest. How many, don't raise your hand, but how many of would admit my life would be better if Jesus Christ was living it 
in me or through me or if he was just living it. How much more would my marriage be better if Jesus was the one married to Beth and not Heath Harris, right? How much better would I be as a father if Jesus was in my place? He would probably do my life a lot differently than I do. He'd probably respond a lot better at times when all of his buttons are pushed than I do. But I want to partner with Christ. I want Christ to work in and through me so that the life I live, I'm living in him. How many agree to that? I want to live in him and him in me, so I need him working through me. Often people come to church and think, if I can just do some good works, I'll pay God off. But that payment is actually the payment Christ makes. It's not you paying God off, it's him putting a deposit into you and a working happening and then something coming out of you. And that's his work inside of you. So look with me in Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 and then chapter 5 verse 6. How is God working in you? And I'm going to give you the spoiler alert, and it's this. If you work on dying, He will work on living. If you work on dying, He will work on living. My job is not to live the Christian life. My job is to die to self, and Christ will live inside of me. Amen? Let's look what Paul is saying here about working through it. Galatians 2.20 so he says, I have been crucified with Christ. So he died. It's no longer I who live. He's still dead. But Christ lives in me. So it's not Paul living. It's Christ living. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Now flip over to chapter 5, verse 6. And here's how he kind of explains how that happens. He says, for in Christ, he's in Jesus, neither circumcision or uncircumcision, that's works, religious works, means anything, but faith working through love. And what's he saying there? Because this is really deep theological stuff. I want you to kind of, if you have notes, take down three words. It's faith working love. Faith working through love. He says, the life I live I have died to the old life. I was living a life by self-works and self-efforts, do's and don'ts, try harder, be the best you you can be, live your best life now, which is false theology. He says, live all that now, be the best you. But I died to all of that, and so I am dead. But the life I now am living is actually Christ-like, and Christ is living in me. But there is still some working to be done. Over here, I was doing all the work and trying harder and failing. And the more I tried to put deposits of my own self-work in me, my faith was in me. So you have faith. My faith was in my works. And the soda never came out. I never had any love come out. I never had any fruit of the Holy Spirit come out. I never really got it. Because in this category of faith, it was me working. But when I come over here to this side and I die to that man, I live in a new level of faith. My faith is now not in my works, but in the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. I believe that that love was deposited into me by faith. And when I received that love, that's that key word, my faith is in His work, in His work alone. But when I do that, Christ comes to live inside of me. And it's His work now going through that soda machine. It's His work reordering my gears, changing the electronics, moving things around on the inside of me so that the produce of my life, the soda that comes out, is all the fruit that the Holy Spirit can give. Love, joy, peace, patience. So you see that? 
Over here, he says, I am now crucified with Christ. He says, your religion, circumcision, not circumcision, Baptist, Pentecostal, go to church, stay home, dress code, not R-rated movies, all that stuff, he said, that may be good. But he says, that doesn't produce it. I died to all that stuff. But when I surrendered and I died, I really started to live. You don't start to live until you start to die. In every place I die, Christ starts to live. Are you with me this morning? You start to live, live the abundant life, fruitful life, truly free of all that workspace stuff. And then guess what? It starts to work in you. What Christ is doing, I was doing all the work over here, but then Christ starts to work in me over here. I really start to figure out that everywhere I die, I start to live. Everywhere I die to works, He starts to work on the inside of me. When I was trying to produce love on my own, I failed. But when I let Him start doing the work, man, love comes abundantly. He says, the life I'm living, I'm living by faith working through Love. What is faith? Faith is that life-changing belief that I'm trusting in Christ's work alone, that His work is sufficient for all of my work. I can never earn salvation. And it's a genuine faith, he says, if it's going to be expressed in love. I'll know if you got the real deal if sodas are coming out of you. I'll know if it's the real deal if love's coming out of you. I'll know if it's the real deal if joy's coming out of you in every situation, trial, and circumstance. I'll know if you've got true faith, if you've got peace and chaos, like we just sang. Because it's not you working, it's Him working in you. And only He can do things like that. And it's the Holy Spirit's work. So somebody say, Amen. Amen. Has God's love been deposited in you through the Holy Spirit? Look at that verse, chapter 5, verse 6. Faith working through Love. I've been meditating on that one phrase for a week and two, a week or two now. That word faith is pistis, belief, belief. It's where you rest your whole life on it. What am I resting my whole life in? On Christ's work. And he says that faith begins to work through love. That word work there is the same word we get for energy. Energio, it's energy. He says, it's an energy that happens on the inside of me. It's a Holy Spirit energy. It starts doing things and changing things. And there's something alive on the inside of me. And Christ has come on the inside of me when I died to self. And Holy Spirit's now doing something. That energy is released and it produces a life in Christ. So how does it work? I'm crucified. He lives. It's faith working through love. The work, though, is what? All right, so love is the deposit, the working is the energy of the Holy Spirit, and the produce is His love coming back out again. And all of that is when you put faith. Faith, work, love. Faith, work, love. I hope you go home today thinking three words. Faith, work, love. Love is deposited. Faith is His work and working through you, and love comes out the other side. And He's saying, but what is that work? What really does the Holy Spirit do on the inside of you to get you to live the abundant life? To get you to live the overcoming, more than conquering, joy-filled, patient, tribulation and trials and circumstance, you still have hope and life and abundance. How do you, what is that happening? He says, it's an energy. Not your energy of your own works, but an energy of having faith in His works. And look, look, let's look at it again. I'm going to give you three things to take home with. And it's really about what is that work? What was the work that Jesus did for you? What was the work that He's doing? Jesus said, that I've come to give my life as a ransom for many. And we know his work was a selfless work. So look, let's look at here. Look in Mark chapter 10, verse 41. Three things. Number one, finding your place, going to that place, 
and living in that place. I really want us to figure out over this next few weeks, how do we live the life? How do you live the crucified life? How do you actually go to that place? Well, first you've got to find that place. You know, when you're going through something, they always say you don't know where you're going. Uh, uh, you're, gonna get where, you're not going to get anywhere if you don't know where you're going, right? You, you don't know where you're going, some people, until they get there, right? But he's saying you've got to know where you're headed, and you need to find out where Jesus is headed. What's the place that Jesus is saying that we're going in this crucified life? Well, let's look. Mark says in chapter 10, verse 41, he says, They were going to a place. The disciples and Jesus were on a journey. They were on one journey, though, and he was on another. As they were going to Capernaum, they were going this way. And the Bible says that they were arguing at the same time over who would be the greatest. But at the same time, Jesus had his eyes on Jerusalem. They were going to Capernaum thinking, I'm going to be the greatest, bro. And he was going and talking to them about how he was going to die on the cross. But they didn't get it. He was going one way, they were going the other. And when they get to the place, he says this in Mark chapter 10, verse, let's just read it, verse 41. Hearing this, how they were going to fight over the, who's the greatest, the ten began to feel indignant with James and John, because James and John want to sit on his throne. And he called them to himself, and he said, You know that those who are recognized as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. Their great men exercise authority. But it's not this way among you, kingdom people. Whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant. Somebody say servant. Okay, that's the first word. And whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your slave. Somebody say slave. Slave of all. Even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. They wanted to rule and reign, but he said you've got to be servants and slaves. How does this Christian life work? How do you live the abundant life? He says, you've got to let me work in you. How does he work? He says, I've come to give my life as a ransom for all. Even the Son of Man, who should be served by all people, did not himself come to serve, but to be, ser or to be served, but to serve. He says, and I'm saying the likewise for you. He says two words in the Greek, servant, which is like a house servant, and then slave. And we know what slave means in our context, slave. And they could never have thought... How can a slave be the president of the United States? How could the slave be an empire? How could a slave rule and reign? That doesn't even make sense. But he says, this is how it is in my kingdom. You want me to work in you? You want to go to the same place I'm going? You want to rule and reign with me? You want to live the abundant life? You want to have an overcoming marriage? You want to have kids that follow the Lord? You want to walk in the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, you better go to the same place Christ is going. You better walk the same road. You've got to go the same distance because this is the work He wants to do in you. It's the same work He came to do. So what does it mean to be a slave? Where's my place? In this world, we work to be on top. Here's what it's like. We all want to be liked and loved. We all want to be honored and esteemed. We love it when people like our Facebook posts, social media posts, Instagram posts. We love it when we have great family photos that everybody loves. We love it when our kids make the best ball player. They get the dance trophies. We love it when people think well of us. We love it when they speak well of us. We love it when we're liked. We love it when we're loved. And he says, but that's not how it is in my kingdom. That's the world. The world wants to be on top. The world wants to be the best. The world works for the best to gain position and privilege to serve and be waited on. Let me give you an example. How many go to a five-star resort in the Caribbean, uh, and don't you love it? Because I don't know if you've never been. I've never been. But if you go, 
all right, go to Sandals, you know, resort or something. Like, they are waiting on you hand and foot. We love that. I mean, that's why Americans, we go on cruises, we go on these five-star vacations, because we love it. You just sit there on the beach, and someone brings you a non-alcoholic beverage, okay? All right, just checking. And, you know, get the massage, and, you know, it's wonderful to be waited on. We love to be waited on hand and foot. We love to be served. But how many go to those resorts, show up and go to the kitchen, put on the servant's towel and says, I'm here to serve all the white, rich American people, right? I mean, nobody does that, right? Maybe some of you. Okay, but nobody does that. Why? Because we're going there to be served, not to serve. You know what it's called if you show up to a place like that and start serving? A missions trip. Nobody pays thousands of dollars to go serve people in another country. If they do, we call it a missions trip. But let me tell you something. I've been on over six missions trips in my life, and I have had more life change by each one of those missions trips than all of my vacations combined. You know why? Because His kingdom is an upside-down kingdom. His kingdom, it says, it's more blessed to give than to receive. His kingdom is upside-down. Man, I give and I get, because why? I die to the worldly desire to receive, and I start dying to my own works, trying to get love, get love, work to get love, work to get appreciation, work to get validation, work to get peace, work to do all this. I die to that, and I come over here and just trust He has it all, and He's paid it all, and He's provided it all, and I let Him start working on the inside of me, and it happens. It happens. I let the Holy Spirit work. And he says, now follow me. Go where I'm going. Y'all are going down this road wanting to be the greatest. But I'm going down this road going to Jerusalem to die. And you want to go on this road and rule and reign. But on this road is servants and slaves. We don't just get the blessed life by putting some coins in a soda machine and expecting it to come out the other side. There is a crucifixion of flesh. There's a dying to self to take the kingdom road, to go down the same road that Jesus is going to. You know, legend says that when Peter would die, that he would be leaving Rome. This is legend. It says he was leaving Rome at the end of his life, and he saw Jesus going back into Rome. Legend says, Catholic tradition says, that he said, Lord, where are you going? And he says, I'm going to Rome to die again. And Peter turned around and went back to Rome to die, crucified on a cross like Jesus. If you want to live the blessed life, go where Jesus is going. Find your place. Go where he is. If you want to be close to Christ, find yourself serving with him. If you want to be great, fight for last place. Find yourself in last place in your marriage, in every argument. Find yourself last place on every team, in every boardroom. How many of our arguments and problems in our whole life would be solved if we had the servant's heart? How many of our arguments would, would end if we just fought for last place? And this is the call of every Christ follower, to serve and be slave of all. How many want to go to that place? You're like, Lord, I don't really know if I want to go to that place. Well, how do you go to that place? That's number two. Is number one is finding your place. Number two is going to that place. So Adelie has a gumball machine here. She got it just the other day for her birthday. And so the way it works is like a family thing. You, you put the gumball in and you turn it. And instead of just coming out the bottom like normal gumballs, uh, it's like an erector set. So you can move all these gadgets and gizmos and play with the levers and try it to see if it comes out. So if it doesn't come out, and get to the bottom, you move all the erector pieces and you can just kind of create levers and gadgets to move it up and down. And I was thinking about that in my life. 
How many times have I tried to get the fruit of the Holy Spirit? It didn't come out. How many times have I tried to live the blessed life and tried to live the abundant life and victorious life? And I'm like, God, I know it's there, and I'm putting the right button, and I'm asking the right things, I'm praying the right prayers, but it ain't coming out the end, right? I'm not getting the gumballs that you promised me. Why? There has to be a reworking of levers in my heart. Remember what Paul said in Romans? He says that your life needs to be a living sacrifice. Present your bodies, your life as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your reasonable act of service, that your life would be given over to Him, and then He's going to live in you. When you crucify, that's when you live. When you surrender to His work on the inside of you, that's where it really happens. So, number one in that is love. I'm going to that place. How do I follow Christ there? Number one, I've got to go to love. I need to recognize how self-centered I really am by examining how selfless Christ really was. I read it in Philippians chapter 2 earlier, but it says, He emptied Himself, taking the form of a slave, a bondservant, and being made in the likeness of men. Think about Jesus. He didn't come in pomp and circumstance. He came lowly in a manger, in an animal trough with dirty shepherds and animals. The Son of God, the rose of Sharon, the beauty of heaven, all of creation bows at His feet and worships Him. Holy, holy, holy. He left His position. He emptied Himself of all royal divinity, of all pomp and circumstance, of all power and privilege that He could have taken. And He came into an animal trough and He walked this dusty life and people spit at Him and ridiculed Him and they didn't believe him, and he walked to Herod, a fake king, and they mocked him in a purple robe. And he went to Pilate, a false governor. When he ruled the world, he submitted to this man's injustice of all these people. And he was beaten and persecuted, crown of thorn, side of spear, nails was uh, in his hands and feet. And they whipped him and flogged him till his back had nothing on it. And they nailed him to that cross. And he emptied himself. And the whole time he kept saying, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. I have got to go to that place and see that is the definition of love. Not what I see on Hallmark. Not what I see on HBO. Not what I see on Netflix or Hulu or whatever. That is the definition of love. And I would look at that and I say, man, I am so selfish. I am so self-centered. Who am I to hold on to privilege and position? Who am I to think something of myself, to hold anything back from this God? And if he did that for me, how can I not give him everything? How can I hold anything back from a God who did that for me? I go to that place and say, that's love. Go to that place. His love was deposited in you. And my faith is in that love for me, that God so loved the world, He sent His Son. And my faith is not in anything else more than that. My faith of my life is not in my works, but in that work. My faith is not how good I can be or what I can do or what I can build in this life. My faith is dying to my own self-effort, coming to this place and saying, God, my faith is in the number one work that was ever done in universal history. There's only one work that matters. There's only one work that stands the test of time. There's only one work we're going to be singing about for all eternity. And it's not my work and my diplomas and my accolades and how big I can build this church and what kind of name I live on my tombstone stone. It's going to be the only name that's above every name, the name of Jesus. That's the only work we can boast in. That's the only work you can take to the bank. That's the only work you can rely on. And your faith better be in that work. Better be in that work. You can turn that gumball all day, but if he's not working inside of you, 
It'll never make it to the end. I want to go to that place of love and have a reworking. I want to change the lever. God, come inside my heart and change these levers on the inside of me. I want to go to that side of that soda machine. God, change the levers to get the right. You ever go to a Coke machine and you push like Dr. Pepper and Sprite comes out? Isn't that like the worst thing ever? You know, you wasted your money. That's all you got and you get a Sprite or something or a diet zero or something. You know, it's like... That's not what I push, and that's the same way. It's like, man, we're pushing buttons and other things are coming out. I need a reworking on the inside of me by the Holy Spirit. It's more than just believing, it's the working. I want a reworking of the heart, a renewing of the mind to be a living, holy sacrifice. Let me give you this example, things I've been praying for me. I want to minister to other people like Jesus ministers to me. What do I mean by that? I want you to imagine yourself, just before we wrap it up, I want you to imagine yourself uh, a time in your life where someone has really offended you. Uh, maybe you was customer service at a restaurant or something like that, and they were not really the most friendly, and they messed up your order or what it was. Or maybe you were the customer service agent, and someone was coming in and yelling at you. Maybe you worked at a retail or something like that, and you had a really nasty customer, and you're trying to do your best, but they just weren't going to have it. How many of you know what I'm talking about? All right, okay, yeah, everybody's like, oh, yeah, I've been there. Um, as a family member, probably. Uh, anyway, so it was like, I, I, you were taking all of this, and in that moment, you just wanted to say everything you wanted to say, right? You've had the, maybe you did. <laughs> and you, you had that welling up. You know what it's like, your, your ears get hot, and you know, your teeth starts to grit, you know, your face gets red, and you're like, oh, she's about to get it, you know. Uh, but in that moment, I could do my work and have a choice with these two natures, with a spirit man and a flesh man, I have a choice. I want to get to the place where that person is pushing all of my buttons. And I want to be able to think in the spirit, God, how do you want to minister to this person? God, how are you loving this person? God, how are you speaking to this person right now? And maybe I want to punch her, but Lord, I need to hug her, right? Uh, maybe there's this moment. I want us to get to a, a, just mature in the Christian faith. Hebrews says, go from milk to meat. Come on, it's time to grow up. We've got to be Christian and not just think, oh, I got the gumballs in the machine and nothing's coming out. That's not good enough, y'all. It's got to be coming out of us. If God has made deposits in, he expects a return on his investment, that there's something going to be produced in this spirit-filled life. And I want to look at every person that pushes my buttons, that I go through the McDonald's drive through and they get your order messed up for the 14th time. You should think about, what is that girl going through today? What has her life been like today? Maybe she's a single mom just trying to get through it, and she's the only person that showed up that day to work, and it's slow and she's there and she's doing the best she can and yes she messed your order up but how can you be Jesus to that lady how can you be Jesus to those people who are in your family who are full of drama and they're always asking they're always taken but how can you speak God into their life how can you give them a divine word from heaven that person who's deeply offended you father how can I minister to this person like you are in this moment that person jumps in line in front of you or takes your seat on the airplane or in Walmart parking lot, cuts in and takes that parking spot right when you're about to pull in. We all had that happen, right? They come down the wrong way, they loop it in and they wrap it in. Come on, y'all been in Alexandria before, that's happened, right? They, they, and you're like, ah, oh, what I could say to that person. God, how do you want to minister to this person? Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to this person? Maybe it's even your, your people in your family, your spouse. That's the people who know how to push our buttons the most. Beth and I know how each, we know everybody's, we know each other's buttons. But how can I minister to my wife in this moment by just keeping my tongue shut? 
right? How can I minister to these kids when they're rebellious? I used to work juvenile detention center. And man, those kids were rebellious and violent. We had to take a kid down and was swinging a belt at us and we had to tackle him. And in that moment, it'd be real easy to just show him what real discipline looks like, right? Okay? But how can I minister to this person in this moment? Father, what are you speaking? You who died on the cross and left yourself and emptied yourself, made yourself of no reputation, becoming a slave and servant of all. God, how can I speak and minister to this person like you've already ministered, like you are ministering? I want to work through it, y'all. I want to work through this Christian life with fear and trembling. I want to say like Paul, I've been crucified with Christ and the life which I'm now living in the flesh, I'm living by faith in Him who loved me and gave Himself up for me. Paul said, I died to self, the works of self-life, and I learned to live in Christ. He was saying, I, I have learned that living really is happening when I'm dying. Sometimes we're not living the abundant life, and I'm wrapping it up, because we really aren't dying. We're not really living because we really haven't learned to die. I want to come to that life and believe this, that by faith, God, when I shut my mouth and I speak into that customer service person or I speak into that person uh, in my life, wherever it might be, young person it might be, that, that's the bully on the playground who gets to the slide or swing before you do, or that teenager, that person who flips your tray over or says nasty things about you in the lunchroom or writes nasty things about you in the bathroom and says all kinds of things about you and your family or how you look or whatever. God, how are you loving them? And trust that I will live a more abundant life when I start dying. And trust that Jesus promises. I'm going to give you this verse to take home on that. And lastly, it's three, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17. And here's what he says. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you being rooted and grounded in love faith and love. What is he saying? Everywhere you let his love reign, Christ starts to dwell. I believe that as you begin to learn, some of us, we shut our mouths. We make a demonstration of servanthood to somebody, whether they deserve it or not. God is promising you he will come dwell in you more when you do that. He, this is biblical. He will come spend more time with you he will come reveal himself to you. He will say in John 15 and 14, he says to his disciples, I'm leaving, but I'm sending a Holy Spirit comforter, and I'm doing this that your joy may be full. In this world you'll have tribulation, but don't worry, I've overcome the world. You're going to die, you're going to go through all kinds of awful things, but you're going to be overcoming while you do that. You're going to have joy while you do that. You're going to have peace while you do that, because it's not a peace like the world gives, it's a heavenly peace. And every time I die, to self, I really start to live. Everywhere you die, he lives. If you work on dying, he'll work on living. Would you bow your heads and your hearts with me this morning? I believe if I selflessly serve others, I'll find a secret life of abundance. That a life spent is a life gained. And if I choose to die daily, I'll live in Christ. If I died of all my hurts, I'll begin to live to all my healing. And I can go to the cross because I know I'm going to gain a crown. 
Everywhere I die, he lives. That's how you work through it. How do I work through my marriage? Start to die. How do I work through this family situation? Start to die. How do I work with a contentious boss and coworkers? Start to die. And really, God will start to dwell in you and you will start to live. This is the working out. Some of us have been in church and we've had the positive love. We believe in the love of Jesus. We've had the gumballs. The deposit has been paid. The coins have been put in the machine. But God really wants to work out with Holy Spirit energy, faith working through love. Is there a working of faith in love? What have you been working on lately in the Christian life? Going through the motions, or has there really been a crucifixion happening? I'm, I'm speaking to myself this morning. Heath, how has the Holy Spirit really been working in your heart? Is there more room for Heath Harris to die and Christ Jesus to live? We just be honest this morning. God's promised you abundant life. He will dwell in your hearts through faith, rooted in love. He wants to be in you more. But everywhere you die, he starts to live. Holy Spirit, would you speak in this moment right now?